Welcome everyone to the Old Man's Podcast. Coach Drab here at your service. Happy that you're in attendance right along with me. Good to see you. Okay, I don't really see you. I guess it's virtual, but well, you, you know what I mean. So you're on a, the Old Man's Podcast. If this is your first time here, a special welcome. If you're a returning listener, I'm happy you're back. Thank you so much for coming back. Yes, this is a podcast that's made by an old man who is obviously tends to ramble a little bit, but it is not made for old men. It's made for everybody. Stories, lots of stories, stories about the thousands, literally thousands of kids who over the decades have helped me paint a unique picture of the world. It's weird. My viewpoint can be called that for sure, but I'd say interesting. I can make you think, and if you hang in there with me, that's going to happen. Why should you listen to the Old Man's Podcast? Because no one has ever told the story of the wise young man. So, coming up on this episode, I'm going to tell you about a graduation ceremony issue that caught my attention. See what you think about this. Homecoming parades. Do you remember them? If you do, you're not a youngster because homecoming parades seem to be a thing of the past. Happiness. Happiness is a topic we can never talk too much about. So I want to talk about happiness. That's in my pep talk, by the way. Of course, we'll play Engage Your Brain. We always do. Trivia is fun. And as always, this crazy funny thing happened to me. I gotta tell you about this. I'm kind of embarrassed about it, but you're gonna have to wait to hear. All that's coming up on this episode of the Old Man's Podcast. So what's on the old man's mind this week? Graduations. It's the beginning of July right now, so graduation ceremonies are a few weeks in the past, but they're still fresh in your mind. In the last 40 years, I've been to at least one graduation per spring, and some in the winter, and sometimes multiples at the end of the school year. So I've seen at least 50 graduations, high school and college, maybe more. I've seen plenty. I do love graduations. I like the pomp and circumstance. I appreciate the impact and the significance of the event on the lives of the young graduates, whether it's high school or college, it doesn't matter. I also have a great deal of respect for the individuals that read the names. So it's something that I watch closely. I would never, ever want to do that. Being a name reader at any graduation ceremony, it would just stress me out too much. You guys listen to me talk once a week. You know I have a hard time with the English language. And some names aren't from the English language. So I would struggle. It's not something that I want to do. Like I said, I've been to a lot of graduations. This one was a college out on the west side of the state. I don't want to name anybody's name, just in case you know somebody that was involved with this. 
and uh, take it the wrong way. I'm trying not to be critical here. I'm just making some observations for me and my listeners to ponder on. This particular graduation had well over 200 graduates, so it was going to take a while, and they were cranking it out pretty good. It had the usual setup with the important people parading in and then standing up on the stage, and you got to hear speeches from everybody that is anybody. It was dragging on, and I could tell with the number of graduates that they were going to go lickety-split through the diploma handouts because they were going to have to. Otherwise, this thing was going to take over three hours. It was going for a while. The name reader, which I said is a tough job, did a great job. I think she did quite well. But I noticed pretty quickly that none of the names she was calling out were very difficult. It was typical American Anglo-Saxon names. Mary Jane Cummings, James Walsh, Michael Stabinsky might have been the hardest one. So she was doing good, but she was walking down the primrose path. It really wasn't that hard. The only complaint I had about her was apparently her daughter graduated, and everybody got to hear about that. She did a little special announcement for when her own daughter came up, and uh, that was awkward, I thought at least, and a little bit weird that she shouldn't get special attention just because her mom's the one reading the names. That kind of bothered me a little bit. So when that kicked in, that gets me drilling down and checking things out a little harder. I know it's a fault of mine. Once I see one thing that I don't like, I start nitpicking, and that's what I did. But I want to run this by you and see if you think I'm crazy or would you feel the same way. Now that I'm nitpicking on her, I start looking into the audience, and it looks like all the non-white people, shall we say, are sitting in the back of the group. Let me preface my complaints with making sure that I stress I believe everyone deserves to have their names pronounced correctly. Whether it's one of those easy names that I referred to a moment ago, or it's a name from a culture or continent or country nowhere around here that would be a difficult one for us that are from around here to say. Everybody deserves to have their name read correctly. And I believe the university felt the same way because suddenly, with really amazing slickness, she disappeared. And somebody else had come in and taken her place. She said a name, Mary Jane Smith. And the next one, I'm not even going to try to mimic what this big fellow was doing because it would sound racist. I mean, these are crazy names, right? Names that I would never have any chance of getting right. And they just rolled right off his tongue. I mean, he knocked it out of the park. But he didn't do any name that we would say is an Anglo-Saxon name. All the names he was reading were um, students of Asian descent, African descent, uh, Middle Eastern descent. And he did a great job with some really hard names. She was gone. She did the easy ones. And he did what I would call the hard ones. Now, why? Was that so she could do something for her daughter? Did she insisted that she was going to do certain names? Why didn't he do them all? Or maybe for him, Mary Jane Cunningham is a hard name and he can't do it. I'm not sure where that went, but that's my very, very first question. As I said, he knocked it out of the park, but I do have mixed feelings as I'm going on to explain. Couldn't he do those easy ones? 
the specialist aspect, uh, white lady for white people's names and a man of color for everybody else. That's the specialist aspect that I'm referring to. And again, the grads deserve to get their names pronounced correctly. But one ethnic group got pushed to the back. And guess which one it was? Essentially, all the white people went first and then everybody else went next. It wasn't alphabetic. It was racially segregated. Or maybe that's just me being nitpicky. What do you think about that? I found it significant that in the age of super sensitivity to cultural differences and of course the old politically correct concepts that this school would do this. It seemed politically incorrect to me. Now clearly the school made an attempt to get all the kids names right. Kudos to you for that. I'm just not sure if that was the right way to go about it and that's kind of my point. Who really knows what the rules are for this cultural sensitivity, political correctness thing that we're in. And furthermore, not only did I not know what the rules are, and I'm wondering what they are, where is this going to go? Now, it probably doesn't matter to me because, you know, let's say, basically, this is an old man. I'm not going to be here forever. But you young people are. What kind of world are you going to be living in? Is this super sensitivity to cultural political correctness? bringing us as a society closer or is it making us farther apart or no change at all not really sure i don't have an answer i don't really have a point i'm just raising questions all the white people went first everybody else went second are we now closer together or are we farther apart or no change at all that's what i'm saying I hope I didn't offend anybody the last few minutes. I wasn't really trying to do that. I'm just telling you about something that I noticed. And what I guess I'm really looking for is clarity. Clarity in how to follow the culturally sensitive rules that are out in our society now. And finding clarity in a time when clarity has never looked so foggy is really exhausting to me. So you young people, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to follow your lead on this one. I remember when, I know, you hear that a lot from the old man in the old man's podcast. It's a whole segment. I like to talk about the old days, not so much because they were better. The old days were different. And in so many ways, the world we live in now is better than the world that we came from. I mean, I just finished talking about cultural sensitivity. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. I don't know the rules. I need you young people to help me out with that. But the world in that regard has been slowly getting better. We're slow learners. It's taken us a while. That's not what I'm talking about here, though. I remember when homecoming parades used to be a thing. So I made a video for my high school graduation classmates. We're having our 45th, that's right, our 45th anniversary of our graduation. The year was 1977. 
So I made the video from some old film footage that my mom had had digitized decades ago. Had never done anything with it, so I thought I might make a video. I opened up with some video footage of the homecoming parade from our junior year in high school. So that would have been the fall of 1975. Yes, a very, very long time ago. The footage started with that homecoming parade, as I said, and it made me think are homecoming parades still a thing? I mean, back then, it was the thing. Your homecoming parade, every school in the country had a homecoming parade, was very elaborate. The parade floats were elaborate. We had, um, had to have convertible cars to drive the homecoming court around. The marching band led it. It was a big deal for everybody. And the parade didn't just go down one street. It made its way through town, if you're from a small town. And our community in North St. Louis County at the time felt like a small town. So it was a pretty elaborate parade route. It took a while. It was a big deal. It probably was, in many aspects, the part of homecoming that we spent the most time on planning, more than even the dance. As I said, the route weaved through the community. People came out and stood in the driveways and in their yards and watched it and little kids would wave and we'd throw them candy. Big deal. Great big deal. I can't speak for the rest of the country, but I know locally here in St. Louis, parades were still in vogue into the early 2000s. When I was an assistant principal in, uh, let's say, 2001, 2, 3, all the way up to 2005 for sure, I can remember the homecoming parade still being pretty big deal. We had the floats, we had the convertibles with the homecoming court, the band led the parade. I think the route got shortened a little bit each year because the community, really there was less support I think for homecoming parades in the early 2000s than there had been in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, maybe even before all that. It started to be annoying. Around here, traffic concerns, blocking traffic for a high school parade, got to be a bigger concern than, yeah, you guys go do your homecoming parade. That sounds like a great idea. So it just started fading off. I think for us at the school where I was assistant principal, the last straw was a keg of beer. I think the keg might have been empty, but this particular sports team had a flatbed trailer pulled by somebody's truck. It was supposed to be a float, but it was just the team members sitting on this flatbed trailer in their team uniforms with a keg of beer. And that was their float. As I recall, that was about 2001 or two. We didn't do much more with homecoming floats after that. We started looking for ways to even get rid of the homecoming parade. I think if there were any homecoming parades left when the fall of 2020 came here, they're dead now. That's COVID, right? COVID killed the homecoming parade if society with their rushing around and not wanting to take the time to do these kinds of things and bad decisions by kids and parents going crazy because some kid did something that now they're going to get punished for. It was a nightmare. It was a real nightmare. But I think it was worth it when we did it. I think kids now are missing out on what is really a wonderful experience. You know, I hate to be the downer, but in my mind, the demise of the homecoming parade 
has not made our world a better place. On this topic, the homecoming parade, I really feel bad for our kids. You know, maybe this influential old man's podcast can bring the homecoming parade back. Okay, people, gather around. Coach has got a pep talk for you. One of my favorite shows back in the 80s was called Family Ties. Maybe it was one of yours, too, and if it was before your time, perhaps you've caught it in syndication. One of the stars of Family Ties was a man named Michael J. Fox. I'm sure you've probably heard of him. Today's pep talk, which is going to be about happiness, is from a quote from this man. So here we go. Michael J. Fox. My happiness grows in direct proportion to my acceptance and in inverse proportion to my expectations. So what Michael J. Fox is saying to me is the more I accept my situation, my circumstances, the happier I am. And the more I expect out of life, the less happy I am. I've noticed that about my life. How about you? Does that work for you too? As I said, Michael J. Fox, he was in that sitcom called Family Ties. It was from the 80s, and it was a great sitcom. It was hilarious, very popular. He became a very popular actor, not only because of that, but mainly if you have heard of him then you remember Back to the Future. That whole franchise starred him as Marty McFly. He did other movies, Teen Wolf. He was in a sitcom called Spin City. You may have run into him from time to time, but I'm sure you've heard of him. It was in 1998, so a little more than 20 years ago, while he was on that sitcom Spin City, that he publicly disclosed for the first time that he had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Now, in those 20-plus years that have followed... His symptoms have become worse, but he continues to work, mostly doing voiceovers, but I've seen him in a few specials along the way, and he has been championing as an advocate for people living with Parkinson's as he is. He wrote four books. You can tell from the titles of the books what kind of mindset he is in. An Optimist Considers Mortality. That's pretty deep. A Funny Thing Happened on My Way to the Future... The Adventures of an Incurable Optimist and Lucky Man. That's the titles of four books written by a man who was the most successful actor of his time, or amongst the most successful actors of his time, and was all struck down with a disease that he could not control, of course, Parkinson's. I mean, can you imagine that? Top of the world. Top of the world. You're a big deal. And you have this disease. You're, you're diagnosed with Parkinson's. He's an inspiration for anybody that's looking to be positive in their life. This man is very positive. If he can be, why the heck can't I? And he is absolutely correct about his outlook. Happiness is accepting. It is accepting your circumstances and living your life with very few expectations. 
Remember his quote. Seems like a long time ago I told you that. My happiness grows in direct proportion to my acceptance and in adverse proportion to my expectations. So we have to remember that because he is absolutely correct. Maybe the really the only expectation we should ever have is to be happy, which means we need to be accepting. And it's important to me to remember we can't make anybody else happy if we're not happy ourselves. So that's another important reason why we should accept our circumstances. Doesn't mean you can't try to improve, doesn't mean you can't try to do better, but you have to be accepting the situation that you find yourself in. Mainly what I feel like he's saying here is if what is driving you, if the force that drives you is powered by your expectations, what you think you deserve, then that's all you got. But when we can accept what we have without expecting what we think we deserve, happiness will ensue. So to you, I expect you find happiness. But you're in charge of that one because you got to be accepting that's enough serious talk let's play engage your brain it's just something i like to do once a week to remind everybody myself included that we need to engage our brains you need to do it every day not just once a week it has been shown in numerous studies that a daily dose of engaging your brain in something does help keep age-related memory loss away now, I know you, a lot of you young people are like, I don't give a rip. Well, let's just play trivia. Let's just have fun. So if you're not afraid of age-related memory loss because you're just a young person, well, let's have some fun and play trivia. All right, here we go. Which Tasmanian marsupial is known for its temper? And if you watch cartoons, you're going to know the answer to this one. The Tasmanian marsupial, known for its temper, and is also a character on cartoons, the Tasmanian devil dog. The Tasmanian devil is a marsupial, not really a dog, it's a marsupial known for its temper. All right, next question. Iceland has diverted some roads to avoid the disturbing communities of what? What, shall we say, creatures, I think, would be the right way to go with this? have caused the country of Iceland to divert the roads that they built. No way you're getting this unless you've been to Iceland or something. This is so obscure. The answer is, it's crazy. Elves. That's right. Iceland diverts roads to avoid disturbing communities of elves. Yeah, this. Google it. I, I don't believe it myself either. When we get down here, I'm going to Google it. All right. Next question. Question three. In public places in the state of Florida, what is illegal to do while you're wearing a swimming suit? Remember last week we did It's Illegal in Georgia to eat fried chicken with a fork? Crazy, right? This one's probably more crazy. It's Florida. 
and it's illegal to do something, this something, while you're wearing a swimming suit. Are you ready? Sing. In the state of Florida, if you're wearing a swimming suit and you're singing, you're breaking the law. Insane, right? What are these people thinking? Okay, our neighbors to the north. Hey, Canadians. How about a beer and some Canadian bacon? I don't I don't have a good impression of Canadians. But let me ask you this question. What is the official language of the Canadian province of Quebec? I feel like this is an easy one. I think everybody can get this. Good luck to you. La Francais. In Quebec, they speak French. You probably knew that. I hope you did. I know I have a lot of educators that listen to this podcast, so I'm going to sneak this one in for you. It's still geography. The state is Hawaii. And the question is, how many school districts does Hawaii have? So you know how many islands there are. Maybe that's what you're thinking. I don't know. This is racking your brain. You're just going to pick a number out of a hat? Well, if you do, think about this. The state of Hawaii is a school district. One district, one school district for the entire state of Hawaii. Sounds both good and bad, right? Well, there you have it. Five trivia questions. I hope you did good. I don't know. I'd check into that thing about the elves in Iceland. That sounds crazy. Maybe do a little Google search on that. I don't mind. Einstein's checking me. He's a judge to see if everything's accurate. So I expect to hear from you, Neil, if that's just crazy talk or if that's really a thing. Anyway, that was fun. We engaged our brain. Let's do it again next week. But you do it every day between now and then. So on this week's episode, the segment for A Funny Thing Happened, it's kind of personal. It's about me. I have always noticed, especially when I was a young person, that there are certain really annoying things that old people do. I'm sure you've noticed this too. Things like sitting at the kitchen table, reading a real newspaper, like the kind you hold in your hand, reading through the obituaries, looking to find friends, and then getting pissed when somebody younger than you has died. That's a real thing that some old people do. Have you ever ridden in a car with what we would call an old person? You get that guided tour through the neighborhood, showing you all the things that have changed and what used to be there and how much fun this place was. And hey, do you remember when? Which, of course, you don't. But riding in the car with an older person can be quite an adventure, especially in times like this, because the number one most annoying thing that has ever happened to me, especially as a young person, was being stuck in a car with an old person who wants to comment on the price of gas at every single gas station you pass up. Have you ever noticed that? Has that ever happened to you? Or am I the only one here? I always said when that was happening to me as a young person that I was not going to grow up and be that guy that would comment on how this gas station's price is higher or lower than the one on the other corner. But guess what? 
I caught myself doing that. Driving down the street with my wife, we were in South County where gas is typically cheaper, and I couldn't help myself. I hadn't noticed that it was four cents cheaper in Oakville than it was where we live in Creve Corps. Four cents, I'm making a big deal about that. Now, in my defense, the price of gas at this particular time, July of 2022, is a very sensitive, timely topic. Price of gas is a big deal, but I still hate myself for having done that. And I learned a lesson from it. The lesson that I learned is never say never. You think you'd learn that by now. Don't ever say never. I know it's a bit redundant, but follow me on this one. As a young person, I said I would never be the old person commenting on gas prices. And here I am. You think I would learn at some point to never be so definitive in saying never. Another lesson I learned from my own stupidity is don't judge. I shouldn't be judging the old people that like commenting on the gas prices. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And here I am making observations on gas prices myself. This has really been a humbling experience. So I guess humility, that's the funny thing that happened to me this week. Well, there's that sound that tells us this old man has got to go. I had a great time with you this week. I hope you got some value out of it. I did my best to entertain and inform. If you liked it, let's, let's be honest, even if you didn't like it, please pass it on. Also, you got the old man's podcast page on Facebook. Find that baby and like it. Hey, I've got a new website. It's on a thing called Pod Page. So look up PodPage on the internet, and when you get there, look for the Old Man's Podcast and you'll find it. Or you can look on Facebook and find a link straight to my PodPage Old Man's Podcast website. A lot going on there. So check it out. Make some comments. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you think. I had some rather provocative observations this week. Did I offend you? If I did, I'd like to hear about it. If I didn't, I'd like to hear about it. I'd just like to hear about it. Hit me on Facebook. Say hi. Hit me on my website. Say hi. Try the old man's email at yahoo.com. Say hi. It's always great to hear from the listeners. So have a great week. And remember, live boldly. Get off my grass! Damn kids. <laughs>